What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. No gig work so far this new year or? I've done a little bit. Um, I had a lot of personal things going on and everything like that. So I uh, haven't spent nearly as much time lately out on deliveries as I'd like to. But this is that time of year. I, I always, you know, I think all of us say take some time off when you can anyway. Well, there's that. And and I think that's one of the things I like about being self-employed. It's like, you know, something comes up and if if you've kind of taken care of yourself financially and things like that, when you need to take the time off, you can take it off. You don't have to ask somebody permission. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, you I mean, that, and that's request huge. Request vacation days or any of that stuff. Or and and even worse, get denied vacation days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially I'm going to say from the service industry standpoint. And I went to the top. I was an owner. I was a manager, GM. But you know, I've been bartender, all of that. And even when I think I can get something, it really is a blow when you really have this opportunity to go do a vacation and you and you can't go do it, and you understand why. You're a bartender, and you know. I just gave it. I just gave it to him. Cause it's like an off season for your bar or something. It's just a bummer, man. You just feel like, man, yeah. like I bust my, my tail all year. Yeah. And I can't and just. <laughs> one thing that helps is that I've done something that, you know, I call it giving myself paid time off. And what I mean by that is, you know, every week I set aside money for taxes, which we'll get talking about here and for um, car expenses and I do that on a per mile basis so that I've got money built up. So if my car needs anything, I'm already to take care of it. And then uh, the third thing is for paid time off. And usually I'll put about 50 bucks a week aside for that. And then if I'm going to take a vacation or I get sick, something like that, the money that I need to go out delivering or, or go out making money, I've got that money there and I can just pull that out of that savings or something. So that helps an awful lot. That that was a godsend when COVID came around and everything. So um, that's getting off topic, but. No, well, I mean. But the saving for taxes isn't. <laughs> man, you know, there's no gig economy or tax topic where I feel like you can't get off topic real quick. Oh, no kidding. It's so It's so hard because it's almost like getting off topic often has to be included. Yeah. It kind of helps bring it around. But um, so which 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 of the articles are we primarily working off here are you kind of going to are you going to try and digest the uber eats and the doordash one together 
Yeah, and generally, I or, wrote those. If, 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 or if when we get to those points, can you say if there's anything specific that was to one or the other? Yeah, and I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, you know, I'll tell you is if you go to entrecourier.com and in the menu, there's one for tax guide. And that is, it's it's more or less, it's a catch-all. It's, it's about gig work in general. And then I wrote a couple of them that are pretty close to the same article, but I wrote them focused on DoorDash or focused on um, Uber Eats, uh, mostly because a lot of times people are looking for that. They're not going to find the generalized one as easily, but if I've got it where it's written specifically about DoorDash, then it can get to them that way. So if you just go to entrecourier.com and then click on tax guide, it will take you to the first one. You know, it'll take you to kind of the general, the catch-all article, which is kind of the main points that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other thing that I wanted to do that was different than a lot of things that I'm seeing out there is I see a lot of articles about DoorDash taxes or Uber Eats or any of those out there every and year and cover it all in one big article. And the problem with that is, um, okay, you understand you can write off miles, but uh, somebody has a question, well, what miles can I write off or how do I know how many miles I have? Different things like that. Sometimes those one article fits all type things don't cover yes. all that. So I put it, it together as a series where there's like, you know, go into a lot more depth about all the different parts about it. And well, I think specifically too, it's in, it's good that you're hitting on DoorDash and Uber Eats because right. that's going to be a lot of the people who really need some help. Yeah, absolutely. In this that will watch this. Um, but yeah, I I, I mean, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna type a banner I think for each of the nine topics. So I'll put it at the bottom. Okay. As we move through, so that uh, at least it it chapters it out that way a little bit. So you, and I'm, I'll I'll leave, I'll take it away too because it takes away from the screen, guys. But that way you'll kind of be able to scroll through and see what what different topics are being covered here. But we will just move through them one at a time. Um, that work. Ron and I are not certified. <laughs> However, I do want to make one comment, and I'm pretty sure you agree with me on this, Ron. There's a lot of people who put out tax stuff this time of year, both in print and on YouTube, who yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to get into starting drama and it, I'm not going to name any name because I even, I don't even think I have a specific one, but too many. And a lot of times they, they try, maybe they read an article and I, I see that I see they're trying, but they really aren't passing along like good information. Sure. So what what you'll hear here if there if it's questionable Ron or I will say it's questionable or you'll know it's a it's a it's a straight opinion this one might be wrong but then you'll know the parts that are correct too and that are everything can be fact based unless we say it's opinion sure because it's all documented so and that's where taxes are such a funny thing because there's there's some. Uh... There's some some bad stuff out there or some incomplete stuff out there. And, you know, I, I watched one just the other day and um, he did a good job walking through some of the basics as far as, you know, how some of it works. But then totally skipped out in uh, self-employment tax, which for most gig workers is is by far the largest part of their tax bill and didn't even touch on that. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, 
I don't know. Sometimes you got to be careful. Uh, the flip side of it is just like Steve said, neither one of us are, you know, tax professionals. Um, I don't know that I would even call myself a tax expert. But the thing about taxes is I don't think that they're as mysterious as a lot of times we make them out to be. The IRS is very clear in a lot of different things, and it's just a matter of digging into things here and there. Uh, but that's why I'm, I boiled it down to nine different points. It's just yeah. that, you know, if you understand those things, you get a pretty good idea, I think, of how it works when you're doing taxes. And so and then from there. Sometimes it's the little details that throw some people off or, you know, or where some of the bad information is and things like that. And we can talk a little bit about those details as we get to each one. But, you know, you don't want to go too long or else, you know, we're, we're doing one of those 30 day live things. Yeah, so, right. know, yeah the one from last year, the, last, the one from last year was <laughs> two hours. Um, and I think that this would be a good one to be kept at an hour. Um, and then, you know, afterwards yeah. we can take a look at some Q and a as well, but, um, let's, let's just, let's just jump in here. Let's, let's start. Cause I don't even think it needs a preference. Uh, the one thing I will add though, about what Ron was saying again, saying what I said about not being experts, maybe that's so, but I think you and I have spent a lot more time than most looking into it. And I know sure. we've been doing this a lot longer than most because you and I were independent contractors before any gig existed gig app right now all these gig apps you and i were we understood and we had had both w2 and independent contractorship jobs in the traditional independent contractorship sure world so it's I, we're, we might not be experts and yes we just said that but at the same time i think we've been through it a lot more than most so um obviously you get a lot of advice when you go through this a bunch of times I, i've yeah. i learn every year every year you know yeah. so um well let's start with topic one you're you're being taxed as a small business owner yeah that's i think the first thing that people need to understand because one of the things especially right now as it's 1099 time you know uh all all of the facebook groups are like have you got your 1099 yet how do i get my 1099 but a lot of people look at those as though they're like a w-2 and it's a very very different thing and so we need to kind of understand that um, you're not filing, you're, you're, you're having to do some business taxes here to help determine what your personal income is. And so they call it a pass-through taxation. And what that means is your 1099 is showing what your business made. When you're an independent contractor, you're not an employee. And I know most of you know that and understand that very well. Uh, but just for the, you know, for those in the back or those that are brand new to this, um, you're not delivering for DoorDash as an employee. And your 1099 is not the same thing as a W-2. What your 1099 is, is a statement of what your business made or received from DoorDash or from Uber Eats or for some of these others. And so it's... Um, the first thing to remember is that you're figuring out your business's income and then the profit from your business then moves on to be part of your personal income. And so there's, you know, a little bit of a nuance. It's to call it business taxes isn't as bad as it seems. 
and that'll get us to the second point with that. But and but real quick to interject too, when he sure. says that, guys, don't immediately tune out and say, "I'm not a business, though. I just work two apps." You are a business. That's kind of where we where we at. So if you did miss that part, I just want to clarify for some that when he's saying business, he's meaning even if you're on one app, just you. Right. Right. Yeah. You could be working one app. You could work, be working a dozen apps, you know, but, um, and sometimes it doesn't feel like a business. I know a lot of people that will argue and say, oh yeah, but I don't have control, things like that. But according to the IRS, you are a business mm-hmm. and you kind of need to think of it that way when you get into your taxes. Yeah. I mean, you are a business and that's a, and, and, and you need, and, and I know it's all fun and flexibility and until it's tax time guys, because I mean, really like I, we love the flex hours and stuff, but this is where that kind of stuff comes in where even if you don't, Oh, I'm just me. And I just work one app. You're still a business, or at least you have to think of yourself that way and make sure you're dealing with this stuff that way. You can't, cause you're not getting a W. I mean, it should be clear. You're not getting a W two anymore. You're not getting easy, easy taxes that are already done for you because you've been paying them all year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it takes all of what, 15 minutes to do it. If you just work W2 and you really, and it's like, and you're early on in, in your life and you really don't have much to, but moving on to number two, you're on your own for withholding and paying your taxes. And I know there's a few ways about this, but yeah. Um, yeah. What do, At, what, yeah. Um, and, and again, I go back to the Facebook groups and I, I'm not nearly as active in a lot of those groups as I used to be. I mostly sit there and kind of lurk and especially just to try and see what the questions are that people have. But I am just blown away how many people are like, where was my withholding? How come they didn't take any money out of my paycheck? And it's like, because you don't get a paycheck, not, not like an employee's paycheck, your company, your business got paid, but because you're doing this as a business, um, DoorDash isn't taking money out of your paycheck for you. And, um, it's, I mean, think about it this way, you know, you, you go over to the steakhouse and you have yourself a nice dinner and you know, you're, you, you go and you pay for it and, and you're not sitting there and taking a little bit of extra money here and say, okay, I'm going to send this in to uncle Sam on your behalf. You're not taking money out for the business that you're working with. Right. And it's, it's the same way there. It's, it's completely on your own. And, you know, people are asking, well, where do I get my miles? Where do I get all of this information I need? And it's up to you. And I would say there's so many different ways, you guys, there's so, I mean, almost every app that you're even using already is now doing, I mean, like, and I, I'm not, it, it is kind of, you know, one thing hits and then the others copy it or they add it as yeah. features. So I don't even look at it like the companies are doing wrong anymore by in, integrating it. It's great. It just means if you're on that app, it now off, I mean, they almost all of them offer it mm-hmm. literally. Like I'm thinking of all the apps in my head that, you know, the, the pair of the solos, the, this, 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 the, the hurdlers, the, 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 you know, the, I mean, they all do it now. There's a couple things they all do and mileage tracking stride. I mean, it should not be a big deal. Any app you have has it. And if not, I'd, I'd be surprised with, I'd, I'd like to know which apps you're using. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would definitely say, you know, you, you want to watch those apps real closely um, because you want to make sure 
you know, pay attention to what your odometer reading is when you went out and what it is when you get back and then take a look at, you know, if you're using an app, what is your app saying? And is it, is it catching everything? Cause you want to yeah. get something that's capturing everything. I'm, I'm still old school. I keep a spread. I, I have a Google sheets. And so I can just write down my numbers on my, um, on, on the spreadsheet. And I trust that more than I trust uh, the GPS apps, partly because I got into a habit. Yeah. But the other part of it is there are so many things that can happen with your phone while you're out there that it could miss miles. And when it misses miles, it misses money. But- I, I'm with you, Ron. I, I hate <laughs> to say this, but like, um, I'm, I, I guess like, to be honest, like if I knew I would get everything and it just wasn't another thing and how easy the apps are, I would still have a pen and paper and a notebook and every day because my system's pretty easy i understand there's other things you have to feed into and you know it's it's hard sometimes as a gig worker to be able to put some money away for what might happen but it's very important but it's so hard to get there but at the same time i would like to track all my stuff because i know a running an app that's tracking not only the miles like you said can have glitches but it also some people run it track check the actual like routes you made. You know how much that's burning on your phone? Like that's another thing, just burning your battery away and like using your phone up and heating it up. Sure. But pen and paper for me was simple because like Ron said, I could start my day, write the odometer. Okay. Now I can I have a full tank of gas because the night before I fill up my gas and I wash my car. So I'm the day's ready when the day starts. Okay. Yeah. Full and loaded. And then I just write down the odometer when I'm done. I go fill it up again. And that's how much I spent on gas. Now, that doesn't work against the cost of me doing this business. There's way more involved, but that is my gas. That's exactly my gas to the penny. That's what I spent. Yeah. And that's, you know, and we'll get into that more in, you know, a few points down uh, as far as getting into the specifics about miles in your car. But, you know, the kind of thing is, you know, it's just how many times I see that question of uh, how am I going to get my miles? It's like, that's your job. And yeah. even questions like, well, I didn't get my 1099 and you don't have to have your 1099 to file taxes. That's your job as a, and it goes back to that first point, you're a business, you're being taxed as a business. And that's your job to keep track of your money coming in and your money going out. That's, that's completely up to you. And if you didn't do that, it's not DoorDash's fault or anybody else's fault. Uh, that's just, it yeah. goes with the territory. But so, Ron, okay, let's let's be honest. A lot of people have not done that. Sure. Instead of just the like in five hours having fifteen cups of coffee and just writing down a bunch of crap, what is it? What is a get? What's an example strategy you'd use? If, I know that didn't happen to you, but if it did, mm-hmm. one of the best things you could do, um, and with different apps, it works differently. Um, DoorDash probably provides the least about of it, amount of information. And if you didn't track anything with DoorDash, you might be kind of screwed there. They do send out an email, uh, at least they have in the past. Usually it's late February. So it's still a few weeks away as we talk right now. But they do send out an email with an estimate. Their estimates have gotten better. You know, now they're capturing about 80% of your miles instead of 30% of your miles. Uh, Mm -hmm. at least for the deliveries you did with DoorDash. You can look at uh, your reports from Grubhub um, because they'll show you like the miles for each delivery and you can use that as a basis. 
Um, the IRS does let you go back and reconstruct a mileage log if it is based on evidence, if it is based on some kind of information that shows that you actually did that driving. And so like the, uh, you know, per mile listing from Grubhub or going through all of your trips on Uber Eats, you can see the details enough to get an idea how far you went and things like that. So you can add all those up and create a log that way. It's going to take some time. Like you said, you know, it might be those five hours and a few cups of coffee. But you but, can the, do those but the other thing is, too, guys, if you've been doing gig work for a while or even anything that captured it before, you should on mm -hmm. your last taxes have what, what your ending odometer were. Like if you're in a real, where sure. was I even? You yep. should be able to go to your last year's taxes, see what, because you're going to have somewhat of an end result there. And that's at least, a, I mean, again, hopefully that's not where you are. I guess what I'm trying to get across there is I know that a lot of people are there. And I guess I should have probably said what you just at least go spend that five hours and a couple cups of coffee because it could even be more, but like at least put that in. Don't just kind yeah. of get worried and make a bunch of stuff up. Yeah, that that's the one thing you don't want to do is just make an estimate based. Okay, I made like $1, literally just throwing so. darts. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah, that that's the thing that can get you in trouble more than anything. You've got to have evidence behind it. Uh, the IRS requires a written log. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a daily log that tells you, tells them how far you went, um, what your business purpose was, where you went, and how many miles you drove. And right. you can do that either by handwriting it or a spreadsheet, or uh, most of the GPS programs will yeah. provide a print, you know, a downloadable log. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, almost, I don't even know if there's any anymore that don't have the export function to something. Yeah. You know, the only one that I've really had trouble with, and and I have a feeling, I haven't looked at it lately, uh, was Solo. Um, they're still trying to figure out their mileage, but they had a, mm -hmm. uh, you know, basically it just had like the number of miles and yep. it wasn't capturing a lot of miles. But I know that Solo has been doing a fantastic job of just keeping on top of things and trying to improve things. So by now that may have been fixed, but, you know, um, one last tip, if you forgot to track your miles, is dig into your Google Maps and look up the timeline function on there. Because there's a good mm. chance that you've been tracking miles without even realizing it. Yeah, it's running in the background. Creepy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, no. And, <laughs> by, and, then, turn, and then after you're done, export it and turn it off. Because, so, <laughs> <laughs> again, I think it's a feature you can turn off. You, you don't can, have to just yes. delete Google Maps. You can, you can opt turn it off, but you got to get into it and... And, and by default, it comes and by default, like everything with Google, it comes on. Yeah, so. <laughs> but it will actually show you can see a map of where you've been just about every day if it has been enabled or if it's enabled. You know, it yeah. may not be. And if you don't have Google Maps on your phone or something, if you're running an Apple and you never put that on, it may not. But that is one place you can go look and you can at least kind of see where you've been. And, you know, when, when you, when your map is showing you a whole bunch of squiggly lines that are going all over the place, you know, that was a day you were out on deliveries. Uh, yeah. If it's just out and back, you know, that probably wasn't a delivery trip unless you're doing something like a, a curry or something like that. Yeah. yeah. See, for but, me, it does matter because I'll have those days. I've even shared them with you where, you know, I went to um, Grand Junction and back. Right. I mean, right. yeah, that was a big payday, but man, that's a lot of miles. I can't, I can't miss that day. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's very important because in the yeah. end, I mean, you're just, 
I know you, you're trying. I think that here's what happens with some people. They're trying to cut corners. But I, I, I think over the years, I've started learning you're not really cutting corners. I mean, like, I'm not talking big picture either. If you were to get, you have to explain it. I'm just talking about like, you're not even really, it's not helping you that much to, to try and do it on the scale that we'd be doing it. Sure. You know, and, and the question you want to ask yourself, I guess at the end, you know, is, okay, is it worth it to go through and try and figure out, you know, okay, you forgot to track and, and now, you know, depending on which apps you're on, you might be having to um, kind of look through um, all of your trips on all of your apps to try and reconstruct a log. And it's real easy to think, well, heck, that's that's an awful lot of work. Is it really worth it? But when mm -hmm. you figure out that every mile is knocking 60 cents off of your taxable income, which usually means about 15 cents less in taxes, you know, 15 cents isn't much, but if you put 20,000 miles on for the year, you know, mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, $3,000 difference in your tax bill. That's huge. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's those things that, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to look at it like you're getting paid for doing the work, but that's why you kind of want to go back to this idea. You know, you're on your own. And you should be doing it from the start so that you don't have to do this right now on April 15th. But then, but we got to be honest, most people end up, most people, and maybe not, I haven't done anything, but they're not, I mean, most, most gig workers just aren't where an accountant would want you to be. <laughs> Let right. me say it that way. I mean, right. it's just a fact, you know, I know a lot who, but a lot aren't that bad off either. And they have a method to it and they're doing sure. it right. And that's fine. But I also want to point out, nobody's dumb here, guys. I mean, I got to yeah. tell you, like I got sidetracked last year by the earned, uh, uh, because I'm divorced and I split it with my ex, which years we claim max. There was the earned income credit thing was a whole mess. And I checked a box wrong and I, I didn't do anything else wrong. My taxes were correct, but it held up my money for like, I don't even, I, I, I think I got it like a month ago <laughs> like, <laughs> or two months ago. Yeah. You know, I'm being serious. Like it, I, I did it before I, I filed before the deadline. And I, because of that little one checkbox error that really didn't even throw the numbers off. If you look, it was just confused. It was a confusing wording because it was added because of all the things that had happened with the pandemic too, on top of just earned income. It, it's just crazy. So nobody is that, I mean, unless you're, you know, Marissa or a CPA or, you know, you're somebody out there doing this for a living. Nobody's like, perfect at this so just just look at everything three times you know and if you have a friend even even not another cp you don't have to go to a cpa let's say even a friend to look it over or buddy up with another gig worker yeah you know as long as, long as you guys are kind of willing to share your numbers i i see that a lot of people on youtube share what they earn in a year in a day everything so it seems like a lot of you could buddy up that would be a huge thing look each other's taxes over help each yeah. other out I know that uh, because I'm getting to, you know, in a perfect world, you want a CPA, but you might not have one. You might not, that might not be ability. And that's why you're watching this. So let's, let's move to number three here. Let's go to um, your gig taxes are based on profits or what's left after expenses. I, 
I think of that as the same thing, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just, just yeah. kind of a plain English, I guess, explanation yeah. or description. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, and that's a big one because, you know, one of the things that a lot of times people get freaked out about or they ask, well, you know, how much do I need to save for taxes if I'm making $50,000? That answer is going to be different for everybody because you might be driving a mile for every dollar you earned and you don't have to save quite as much, but you're not making as much money because of your costs. Uh, somebody else is maybe, you know, they're they're making two bucks for every mile that they drove and they're going to have to save a little bit more because a larger percentage that's because there's there's less profit left over um and so but you know some sometimes people kind of they're freaked about about that that front end number the 1099 number and the important thing is not the 1099 number it's your profit number it's what's left over after expenses and that's why those yeah. first parts were so expensive so important you've got to track your stuff because that's reducing your taxable income which means your taxes are going down mm-hmm. absolutely I, I, um, and something else that i kind of want to point out and and i even use the terminology sometimes myself is like we'll talk about things like your miles or some of your other things as tax deductions. And I tend to say those aren't really tax deductions. Your tax deductions are things like your charitable giving and, or your standard tax deduction of, you know, 13,000 or 26,000, depending on if you're married or single or your mortgage deduction or things like that. Those, those are the tax deductions your cost let, let me ask you this is it is it a charitable is it a charitable donation that i let doordash keep or uber eats keep about 70% of the money <laughs> sorry guys i had to get a joke and they're just to lighten the mood it sure feels like it by no means is that right ron we'll say clarify that now we'll say no <laughs> it's it's a charitable donation when you're taking those 2 dollars and 50 cent orders <laughs> I mean, because honestly, charity, I mean, my friends. you guys, we got to laugh through this. I mean, to not laugh at this and be in this industry, I don't know what you're doing yeah. because it, you know, it's got to straighten out. The world's going to the gig economy, but I mean, like we got to, you got to be able to roll. Sometimes I just want to put my hand through a wall. Other times I just got to laugh with it. Like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Every dollar you track because of this whole thing about profit, every dollar you track on average is going to mean about 25 cents less in taxes or every dollar you fail to track means you're paying 25 cents more than you have to or at least levels of that like 25 being if you're doing a really good job well that that's because you got about 15 percent for self-employment tax and 10 percent for income tax and of course Mm -hmm. that income tax is going to vary all over the place but that 15 percent is constant and we'll yeah. get to that in, in a little bit on, you know, a little more detail later on. But every yeah. dollar basically means about 25 cents difference in taxes, about a quarter of what your profit is. And if you don't track that, you're paying more money to Uncle Sam than you're required to. So that's yes. that's why that profit thing is really important. Yeah. So you can write off business expenses even when you're using the standard mileage deduction. 
So you know, I what? know this too, but you need to be careful on this. Uh, and and actually, that was a mistake. I think maybe I mistyped that when I sent that to you. Okay, because I was I was thinking like I was thinking when using office space, if you do it for creator content, like there are true. some things. There are some things that you can do, yes. But like the overall for just a gig, and there are a lot of content creators, probably yeah. again, guys, you know, like probably watching this. And to yeah. be honest, like you know, there are some things. I mean, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, search it out too. There's probably more, but Ron, is, or do any come to, the only one that came to mind for me was if you have a space in your house where you're doing all you're creating from. And actually- That, that and should be, you should be calling that. Sure, sure. That actually should have been said, uh, that should have said uh, the standard tax deduction. And okay. so, you know, cause some people kind of feel like, okay, you know, I'm renting, you know, I don't have a mortgage. I'm, I don't have 13,000 or $26,000 worth of expenses that I have to write off. So I can't take these expense. I can't take my miles anyway. And, um, or I can't take these expenses anyway. So they make that mistake. And that's, that was kind of the point that I was getting to. And there's, there's, it's, it's kind of weird because there's a standard tax deduction and there's a standard mileage deduction and they're two different things. Right. But with the standard tax deduction, you know, which knocks off that either $13,000, $26,000 off of your taxable income for income taxes, you can still take all of your business deductions, even if you're taking the standard deduction and you're not itemizing, that's because it's a business uh, expense and not a tax deduction. You know, your mm -hmm. miles are a business expense. Your cell phone bill is a business expense. All of those different things. So you can take those regardless. And, right. and that is a uh, misconception by a lot of people, too, that says that uh, that kind of fits with the wording on this one is just like you said. Some people think, oh, I can't take anything else if I claim miles. Mm -hmm. That standard mileage deduction is a choice between taking it by the mile or taking the actual car expenses, but it doesn't weed out any other type of expense. So, and I think that you guys, if you want to learn, because we will, I mean, we're touching on things here, but if you want to dive deeper into this, I would go watch the last year video, which I'll put the link in here that Ron and Marissa did on this channel, because Marissa really got into the few situations where you wouldn't in our right. area where you wouldn't want to use standard, or where you wouldn't want to use the mileage. I mean, yeah, I mean, there are just some cases and very few though. Had a question I mean, up in the uh, uh, comments that um, about a new car, and there are some areas with a new car where it's maybe more mm -hmm. advantageous. But and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a bit too. But, yeah, but yeah. So I mean, for the most part, just kind of know that too. Like if you're questioning that, especially with the fact that I think this year it went up twice, even didn't it? <laughs> yes yeah uh because <laughs> like what you can write uh, off and i know i know that we went to flat rate pay for uber but it became more than my uber per mile <laughs> from the old rate card because <laughs> oh. it was 55 yeah. cents a mile when doing uber at, uh, x in denver okay plus 11 cents a minute okay so it's over it now. So now they're paying. <laughs> I always get, I know that it doesn't mean this, but I always get weirded out when that thing, that kind of thing happens. Like, wait a minute, I'm being paid more in the refund than I get from Uber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
Um, but okay, uh, mileage is, I, I like how you worded this one. Mileage is usually your best write-off and it's not even close. Yeah. So maybe you can even take it a step further here. And Sure. Okay. So, you know, and, and for most of us, that's, that's our, I mean, that's a huge expense. And in fact, the reality is guys, we are, if, if you're using your car for delivery or ride share, you're able to write off an awful lot that most businesses can't write off. You know, um, if, if I'm, if I'm an accountant, there's not a whole lot of miles I can write off, you know? And, and the other side of it is for most of us, we can write off a heck of a lot more than what it actually costs us. So like you said, you know, that the, the mileage rate went up two different times last year. So they introduced it at the beginning of the year where they pushed it up to 58 and a half cents a mile, but then gas prices went crazy. And so I think it was only the second or third time they've ever done this. They made a mid-year adjustment so that any miles driven after July 1st. Yeah. Okay. July 1st. Were 62 and a half cents. So it was. 58 and a half cents for the first six months and 62 and a half for the second six months. And so is that retractable though? Now, are they going to pull that back or are they going to say that you just got, cause I don't, I was no. curious cause I don't think they've ever pulled it back. No. And, and basically every year they just announce a new rate. Right. So uh, this year I think it was 65 and a half for 2003. Oh, wow. Okay. So they jumped up, uh, they jumped up actually more this year, even though gas prices are calling. Right. Cause down. I think it only went up three cents last year when it went to yeah. 58.5, it was like at 55. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So, so in 2003, it's up to 65 and a half cents. And so it's, uh, but you know, that's kind of huge when you think about it, you know, people were freaking out when the gas was hitting four or five bucks a gallon, but when you think about it, you know, you got a car that's getting 25 miles a gallon. And at the worst, it's costing you 20 cents a gallon in gas. And all the other costs of your car usually don't tend to add up to that much. Yeah. Um, no. Outside of gas. Well, the big one is usually depreciation. Mm-hmm. And if you got a new car, um, something you ought to do sometime is run a blue book on your car. And if you're driving 25,000 miles a year, run the exact same thing. But the only thing that you change is add 25,000 miles. And you'd be amazed how much less your car is worth because of those miles. Yeah. And for new cars, for more valuable cars, that's often 10, 15, 20 cents. Um, A Tesla is going to cost you more in depreciation than what your Toyota Camry costs you in gas, you know, and, and a lot of people don't realize that, but it's, it's a real cost. And so, but for most of us, and especially if we drive a lot of miles, you know, it's pretty unusual for actual cost when you include everything, including maintenance, depreciation, insurance, all those things, it's usually going to run maybe 35, 40 cents a mile. So you're yeah. getting to write off about 50% more than what it actually costs you. And that's a, that's a huge advantage for gig workers. Yeah. But, uh, and um, all the more reason to be, again, going back to the tracking your miles. I mean, yeah. might be the biggest thing we're going to, it might be, should be one of the biggest takeaways you guys have 
and I know you all know it, but having your exact miles and just having the comfort of knowing however you did it, that you have a version to, to produce if need be like, no, I did these here. You know, I mean, it, however you do it, paper, pen, Excel sheet, you want to do it online through Intuit or something. You want to do it through any of the apps, grid wise, any of those, um, you know, yeah. that, I mean, they all work. Just pick something and do it though. And if you're going to do the apps, make sure you do, you do flip them on though. A lot of like Ron was saying, I, I've even, I got to tell you guys when I was doing the early days of ride share, I, I forgot all the time. And it did a lot of them. I remember, I think it was it stride. I know they do health insurance, but I think they were doing this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was using one of those, uh, something I haven't used again, but for one of the years, and it would just let you input at the end of a day. So I was still inputting at the end of a day, but I was, even that was hard to remember. Sure. Sure. It is. So you I'm know, like, and, oh crap, I didn't hit on. And honestly, if you're, if you're really bad at remembering to do that, it might be worth the five, seven, 10 bucks to pay for the subscription on Everlance or Hurdler or something like yes, that, yes. because those do an automatic, they capture yep. everything when you're going out, but then you just have to yep. go through and tell them, okay, this was business. This was personal. This was business. This was personal. Uh, but, and yes, guys, I have a, a referral link for Hurdler, but I actually took it out of the videos uh, a while back. Um, uh, but I still promote Hurdler. I like it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I don't have an affiliation link, so I've got nothing to share with you guys. I'm just, this is a personal thing. It's <laughs> an opinion that Hurdler is a good one. Um, I think, uh, in my opinion, it's the best. Um, yep. just, it, it just, even it's even it's free version it's beta yeah. or whatever you know oh, the, it, the free version runs circles around stride and yeah. i think is even far better than quickbooks self-employed which is a yeah. 15 16 a month program yeah i was and, gonna say there's some quickbooks and some upper end into it stuff that maybe blows it out of the water but it's way more expensive yeah I'm, i haven't seen I mean, anything most that. gig workers are on a budget they're gonna either gonna do the free which the free one of hurdler like ron said is great yeah. And, and if you do, um, upgrade the upgrade, you would upgrade for a few, the few reasons that you can see them on the website, what they are, if you need them upgrade to it. Cause it, even that's worth it. The uh, it's just a good app. version basically just has automatic tracking yeah. is the big difference. And it's a few dollars a month. Uh, mm-hmm. trip log. If you're looking for just straight mileage tracking, trip log is another real good one, uh, because they have a gig mode which basically you just tell it which gig apps you're working. And anytime you've got those apps open, it's tracking your miles. It just automatically turns it on. That way you're not spending as much time sorting through which was personal, which one wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a, you know, that's got a fantastic feature there that um, that's another one to look into. But if, if you tend to forget, get a paid subscription. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Because because it will it will pay off. I mean that and that's another thing. You look at what is it a month run or whatever. Do you even know? Yeah. Uh you know, between five and ten dollars, depending on which okay. App. So let's even say it's ten though. Okay. And no to a lot of people that's like that's another ten. I I can't do it. Well, you guys are doing music subscriptions, this, that, the other. I, I see that you're spending money other places. That ten dollars is only and and there's always a yearly discount too. But even if you just paid the monthly at, at a 10, which probably is it might even be lower. But that's 120 bucks, and you're. It, I guarantee you're going to do 120 dollars better on your taxes. Yeah, you know, probably way. way better. So, um, you go out and you spend a day driving, and you put in 150 miles. 
if you forget to track that 150 miles is what is that that's i kind of doing the math real quick here um how many days you say just just a one day uh, you know you, you go out and drive 150 miles in one day uh-huh. that's $90 that you can't write off because you don't have a record of those miles. Right? right. Well, if it's, you know, self-employment tax is 15% and income tax is 10, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's $20 already that you cost yourself for one day yeah, or one day of 150 yeah. miles. Yeah. So, you know, that's, like and if said, you go back to having to, to reconstruct this thing, you're right. either going to go way over and that's a big problem or you're going to be way under and just screw yourself. So not right. doing this is just devastating you because even if you're good with numbers, even if you, even if I, you know, even if you have that kind of brain, you're not going to be exact. You're going to miss some stuff. Yeah. So whether it be pay, I mean, it can be paper, but make sure that you're using the odometer that you're somehow that you're truly, truly tracking it. Cause it does matter huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that that's kind of my main point though, is that's the one thing that you really want to focus on. You want to make sure that you're capturing every mile that you're driving, if mm-hmm. at all possible. Now I tend to yeah. kind of go the other way. If you're real good at starting and stopping or writing down stuff, you're probably better off with a free thing or with keeping your own log because those automatic loggers they, they usually wait till you're driving a certain speed before they start tracking. And so they might miss five or 10 miles a day if you're doing it full time or something like that. And the other thing with those is that they need the always on function. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like giving, I only, I'll be honest, I only give that permission to one app on my phone and that's Curry because I get a ton of Curry orders that are amazing. So it's on all the time. But even when I had to do it with an app like that, I didn't like it. But I, the more of those you run, guys, the again, the quicker you're, the slower your phone's going to be, more issues. You know, if you're on an Android or something, more restarts, all kinds of issues. But definitely slower processing doesn't matter which phone you're on. Like these kind of things can really clog it up. So lo- yeah. at location services, I, I would go in there even today and check and see what you have on. Yeah. Make sure that you need it on because those are the ones that are all the time, 24 hours a day. They need to know your location. And to me, I like questioning that. Why does this need to know? Yeah. I, my guess is if you haven't done that in a while, you can turn off a few. Probably help your phone out too. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's that's the thing though, is with Miles, you know, just kind of maybe wrap up this particular point is you know, you could be looking at, you know, thousands of dollars in write-offs for miles. And everything else adds up to maybe hundreds, maybe. Right. And there's there's a lot of things people try and write off that you really can't. Um, and so, you know, everything beyond that, there's, for most gig workers, not really all that much. And, and, and it's a lot of nickel and dime stuff in comparison. Doesn't mean you don't track that. You want to track every dollar you can track. But if you're going to focus on anything, you got to focus on the miles. And it is, it's, it's, it's going to be most of what, most of the biggest piece of what's going to help you yeah. at the end, either whether you're paying or hopefully you're getting something back, but everybody don't think you're getting something back either. It's not right. always quite how it works, guys. Well, and especially um, if nobody's taking taxes out for you in the first place. Yeah. And, yeah. That's uh, my point is be very careful what you're doing. Um, the schedule C form. 
Yes. Because it, it it's it's super important. And um I don't I, I don't know, can you even get around this? Because they ask you to attach it through most of the QuickBooks and Intuits and yeah. TurboTax. You know, it depends. Um if you're looking for a tax program, this is mm -hmm. the thing you got to look for is something that will handle Schedule C. Now, a lot of people will um, try and do some of the free tax programs, mm -hmm. but a lot of the free tax programs don't do self-employed stuff. Right. And so if it can't do Schedule C, you're not capturing your deductions and you're paying more. And so, yeah, you're getting a free tax program. But if you can't write off your stuff and you're paying more in taxes, is that the best way to go? But that's the thing you want to really look for because that's where it all comes together. Schedule C is a form where on the one side you add up all of your gig income and you just need one Schedule C, even if you multi-app. So, you know, you get your DoorDash 1099 and your Uber Eats and your Instacart and your Curry and everybody that you've made money from and you just add up all your totals from those put that on the income side of schedule C mm -hmm. and then there's an expense portion that has it all broken down into different expense categories. And did you, did you include referrals and stuff? What's that? Because I don't know if they still do it. I haven't seen it yet, mm -hmm. but if like referrals by Uber, you and I have talked about this before, like that, they kind of separate those, which can, can be confusing. Yeah. It can be. So did and you, are you including that when you're saying put it all on this side? Yes. Yeah. Any, anything okay. that you've, any money that you've received basically. Right. And I, but I was just pointing that out guys, because yeah. it's, it can be, I don't know if they've fixed it. Maybe I doubt it. Um, but they, and I don't, I don't know that everybody's getting the referrals like they used to anyway. That's not the biggest part of it. Yeah, but referral, there used to be like a whole that. separate way that they broke that down. And I can't tell you the number of people who asked me, what is this? What's going on here? I well, and that's why. It. If, if you're full-time with Uber or Lyft, um, you've got a real good possibility that you could get two different w, or 1099 forms. Those two companies do things differently. Your main money that you make, they report on 1099K. This mm -hmm. year, they don't send it out until you've made $20,000 or more. It was supposed to be $600. And then at the last I was, last just, telling, minute, I was just telling somebody about that today who didn't yep. know. They didn't even yep. know it had happened. I'm like, don't worry, it went away for at least a year, but it, yep. yeah, it happened. It, it was supposed to be $600, but they decided kind of late in December. I, I was amazed yeah. that they'd make a late minute decision like that. I'm not sure they legally could decide that because it was a law that was passed. But you and I talked about that on that last podcast of the year because it was like, yep. even their wording was like, oh, we're not ready for this. Yeah. Like, you just figured that out today. Like, yep. come on. And, yeah, but anyway, either way, it was kind of like your fares and your tips are reported on 1099K. Yes. But then any incentives like your surges and uh, trip mm -hmm. supplements or referral fees are reported on 1099NEC. Now, the reason that they do that is Uber's trying to say that the customer is paying you directly. Which they're not. They're not. <laughs> They're not, you know, yeah. When you're, when you're, when your delivery is, is based on a, you getting this so much per mile or something like that. And, and it's a totally different formula than what the customer pays based on, you know, it's a lie. 
it's just a flat out lie. And I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that they haven't been audited on that or something, but anyway, that that's, that's a rabbit hole. You can go down. Yeah. 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 But yeah, actually, um, if you guys want to hear us talk about that, we talked about it on the day before or the last podcast I did of the, this last year, just yeah. a month ago. So, but they, in fact, uh, I think we went down the rabbit hole. So we probably did. We, we do that a lot, <laughs> but yeah, they, they ended up, uh, you know, so they, they do that. And, and then, so the idea is the money that comes from the customer is on 1099 K. And then the um, money that comes from Uber or from Lyft is on 1099 NEC. So they may send you two different ones. You could make thousands of dollars and not get any 1099 because of the way they do things. So they're, they're a little funny. Your best thing with those companies is uh, the tax document. That's going to tell you more than the uh, uh, 1099 forms, honestly, about what you made. But mm-hmm. everybody else, just about everybody else uses just a 1099 NEC. And so, um, but anyway, all of that money goes on the income side. And then you figure out, okay, how much were your uh, supplies? How much was your car expenses? How much was your, each of these different categories, you fill that out on the expense side, you subtract your expenses from income, and that creates your profits that, like we talked about earlier, your taxes are based on your profits. That's the profits that get moved up to your 1040 tax form. And yeah. so in a lot of ways, your Schedule C is like you're writing your own W-2 mm-hmm. because you're writing the form that says what you earned. And so that's where that is. But if you're looking for tax programs, you got to make sure that it can run Schedule C. Because uh, if it can't... Yeah, I would even say, I would even go as far now as to say, make sure it has, and that you look into it too, that it, that it has gig economy wording. Because most of them do. They have like, even some of them have packages for gig economy workers. Mm-hmm. So like, look at that. But then also in there, make sure, like Ron said, the Schedule C is in there. But like, they're starting to get pretty dialed on this stuff. And that even makes it easier to go through. So I'm trying to say it for those of you who put it off till the end every time. And I always talk to you a lot and a lot of you in April. And it it just kind of freaks me out because I've done it too. I'm not even going to lie. I've done it too. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, uh, Marissa probably would never let me pull that gravity or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, by by April 1st, I better have that in, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> and even that's probably pushing it. But, um Okay, moving on to, uh, you also have self-employment tax, Social Security, Medicare. This gets a little confusing, I'm sure, for people because they thought, wait, I thought I was an employee. I thought I wasn't paying into this. So, Well, here's here's where that word come from. And it, it creates a lot of confusion because you're like, wait, why do I have to pay an extra tax because I'm self-employed? You know, and that's what it feels like. Yeah, but why do you? Here's, here's where they came up with the terminology. And, and it's, it's really pretty simple that your FICA taxes, which are your Medicare and Social Security, are technically they're called employment taxes. And so when you're self-employed, your version of those taxes is called self-employment taxes. That's, mm-hmm. that's basically all that it is. So it's, it's not an extra tax, but you pay extra because the other side of that is... You know, and, and there are a lot of things about self-employment tax that you really, 
self-employment tax is the biggest tax landmine for most gig workers for a lot of reasons. Uh, first of all, because it's based on every dollar you earn. There's none of that $24,000 standard deduction reducing that. You start paying from do- dollar one, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second problem is that as an employee, your Social Security and um, Medicare taxes are seven and a half or 7.65%. When you're self-employed, it's 15.3%. We pay twice as much. Right. Now, Uncle Sam's not getting more money. What's happened is that as an employee, you pay half and your employer pays half. Well, when you're self-employed, you pay your half. And since you are your employer, you get to pay, you get to pay the employer's part as well. So yeah. that's what doubles it. Yeah. And so... um but that's 15.3% of every single dollar. And you can't reduce that by itemizing deductions or taking your standard deduction. Uh, you could go out and you could make $50,000. And for income tax purposes, maybe you can whittle that all down to $20,000, but you're paying tax on that full profit at 15.3%. So you're almost always paying a lot more in self-employment tax than you do income tax. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I I guess that I'm just thinking of a lot of people who end up and you deal with it too, Ron, like Mm -hmm. people who come to you and kind of getting close to the deadline, they don't think of it that way. They, they just kind of see it as what can I do over here to offset this? And they just view it. And I'm I'm always like, Oh yeah. I mean, you don't, God, I don't want to learn tax law. I would, I, I would, I would rather throw up than have to read that book, but like, you know, I mean, no, seriously, but I'm, I'm, but we kind of, you got to have some understanding of these a little bit. You don't have to like, you don't have to know every detail about it, but you got to understand why it's broken apart. I think. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, if, if you can't on any level and you're just not sure and you're just paying it, I honestly think it would be worth, it, it is time to go talk to an, uh, um, an accountant. It is. Yeah. If you're confused, if you're confused, absolutely get somebody to help you with your taxes because they're going to catch those things that you wouldn't have thought of, you know, when, and when some was... places aren't honestly aren't as good as others, but there's still something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I would just, you know, there's a lot of places and maybe some are good, but there's a lot of places that advertise the $99 and then they have a way of upcharging you to do other things and whatever. But there's some that just do it for that cheap and maybe some are good, but some of them, they're probably gonna be better than you. I would say, you know, don't spend the most, but try and spend some that where somebody will maybe will talk to you too and explain what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You get what you paid for. And yeah. Some of the cheap stuff work real well if you already kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. But if you don't, you can really miss out on a lot of things if you don't know what to look for. When when I was uh, working with a nonprofit and we had a uh, kind of a youth training program for employment skills, you know, so we did these internships with the kids and they'd get their first paycheck. And it was always like, who is FICA and why are they getting my money? You know, yeah. but <laughs> You know, the thing is, and and you've done this, especially probably when you've started out your first job or something like that, and you didn't make that much money. So there was no federal income tax taken out. 
but there was always, always, always Social Security and Medicare being taken out. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing with self-employment tax. And so, you know, if you make, if you clear $20,000 after all your miles and everything else are written off, um, you are going to pay $3,000 in self-employment tax. And yes. that's regardless of your filing status or any of those other things. That's just going to be there. Now, maybe if you had enough money taken out and other things, you get tax credits. That might mean you're getting $3,000 less in uh, refund. But it's it's a $3,000 hit to your tax bill, and that's going to be there. And that's the one you got to really keep an eye on. So, so I, that's that's a huge one. You just got to know that it's going to be 15% of every dollar of profit, which takes yeah. you back to why you got to track those miles and expenses and everything. Yeah, I mean, if you guys heard what he said on the 150 loan, what it was a $20 loss if you didn't do it. I mean, that's that's one day. <laughs> it's one day. One day. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the fact that you can that that you can be off $20, you can lose $20 that will that should however it goes that will should be helping you. You could lose that in one day of not tracking. And a lot of us, we know, we're, a lot of the gig workers I would know work six, some of them seven days a week. Yep. And uh, so that, I mean, that you can't afford to be down one day. Um, but, okay, let's move to, we got two left, you guys. Uh, we got add your uh, IC profits to other incomes like W-2s or whatever else you might be doing, other IC projects, everything uh, determined to determine taxable income. Um and so honestly, if you're doing this multi-IC ones, that's that's one thing. But what do you got to yeah, yeah, bring us into the W-2 and IC mix. Okay. So here's the thing: self-employment tax is based, and that's why we kind of put this on here is self-employment tax is strictly based on your self-employment profit. And it's on every dollar. If you made three thousand dollars profit, you know, you're about forty five hundred or $450. I don't want to go too high. Uh, yeah, $3,000, $450 in profits. If it's $20,000 that you made in profit, you know, you're about $3,000 in self-employment tax. That number is going to be pretty steady no matter, you know, it's going to be a steady percentage of your profit, what's left over after expenses. Income tax is a totally different animal because there's so many other things that go into what your income tax is going to be. Uh, are you filing joint or are you filing married? Are you um, do you have, um, dependents? Do you have, um, are you itemizing or taking the standard tax deduction? All of those things can vary. Do you have other income? And, you know, if, if you made up to $20,000 as a married person, you're paying 10%, but you're paying 12% on everything over that $20,000, you know, so how much you made, there's a different percentage, so in a lot of ways, self-employment tax is nice and easy, 15.3% mm-hmm. of your profit. But, mm-hmm. um, and, and really this eight, and then you can go ahead and put up number nine if you want to also, because mm-hmm. those two kind of go together to figure out yourself, you know, your, your income tax. Your income tax is based on a whole bunch of different things. And that's why it's really hard to say, how much am I going to owe if I made this much money and drove this many miles? There are too many other wild cards in there for somebody just to say without knowing that other information, because all that other income goes into what your income tax is going to be 
But when it's all said and done, what happens is on, on your IRS, your 1040 tax form, what you're doing is you're, you're first putting down your income, all the money that you made. And, you know, that's going to be your W-2s. That's going to be, you know, investment income, and it's going to be your self-employed income. Your profit off your Schedule C goes into that mix. And then you take out some deductions. There's a big one that we get. Uh, if you made $25,000 in profit, you can write off $5,000, whether you itemize or not, as what's called QBI. It's a 20% write-off there. You know, all that comes out to kind of adjust your income up or down to get your taxable income. I so have to do this. You guys, that was a legit tip and trick right there. I mean, <laughs> people, we don't like tips and tricks, right? But that was a legit tip and trick right there. No, that's, and, and, and that's a huge advantage of being self-employed. That 20% is huge. Um, yeah. There's actually another 7.65% that you can write off too. But, you know, so you're taking all of your deductions off and that gets you to your taxable income. And so there are so many wild cards that income tax is a different animal than self-employment tax. Right. But then when it's all said and done, this last point is that your total taxes are, you figure out your income tax bill and then you add your self-employment tax. And then you're taking out all the things that you paid in. So if you had money withheld from your paycheck, if you did weekly payments, your uh, estimated payments, um, and your tax credits, which act like payments, all those come off of that final tax bill. And that's going to determine whether or not you get a refund or the money that you pay in. So there's a lot of moving pieces, but I don't know. In the end, I don't think it's quite as complicated, even though maybe I made it complicated and I apologize if I did. But, no, I don't think you did. Uh, in think, fact, because I think it's even if people are listening and even if, if they're writing down a note on something and just hearing it, I'm not saying osmosis, guys. I'm not saying just put the pillow under the or put the book under the pillow. It's all going to come to you. I'm not fully saying that, but you're taking it in. Listening to something like I listen to some people and they don't know what they're talking about. And that scares me because well, for me, I feel lucky because I notice it, but it scares me because there are people watching that. And yeah. I'm like, and I'm thinking, and I, I'm, I'm again, it, it's not even, I'm not even thinking specific people because there's a lot of them, but I'm thinking, dude, don't do what he's saying or he, she, or he, what, whoever it is is saying, don't do that. Don't. And I just know this is not <laughs> what you do. It drive and it it really just it, it drives me crazy. I mean, because to do this wrong and to listen to somebody else and do it wrong, there's a lot of comments out there about how you you know don't get your tax advice from YouTube. I'll I'll agree to that. Ron and I are do, trying to do something different here and try and just help you guys out a little bit, understanding yeah. the terminology, what you should be doing. But we're not. Again, we said it in the beginning, we're not CPAs. We're not. Right. We've just been through this enough times. We've talked between us enough times about all this stuff. And I think there are two different things that you can do, you know, when it, when it comes to that, you can try and give advice and that's what I do not want to do. Yeah. It's not for me to give you advice because uh, anything that we said on here, it really is not advice. It's just general knowledge. You should know, you know, other than maybe some tips like, okay, you know, look for self-employment for the tax program you're looking for or some things like that, right. but it's, you know, or, or you can, you can give advice or you can educate. And, and that's kind of what the approach is that I've always tried to take is I want to educate. I want to just give you the information and you can apply it yourself. Uh, but in the end, man, if you've got any questions at all, you've got to get a tax pro.
you've got to get a tax pro. And, uh, and also, if you want to rewatch this video and, and pull up the websites and you have the ability to yeah. do that and do it side by side, I don't know. It always helps me to read something, too, while I'm listening. And if you go to if you go to the entrecourier.com and then click on the tax guide link on the top, um, it's it's an article that basically covers all these points that we talked about. But then throughout that, I link to articles that go into more detail about the different topics. So if you want to know Incl more, about including the, car, the new ones that you posted for this year. Yeah. So are they link currently in the in that. Yeah, I think I've got, I, I'm hoping okay. I've got everything up to date. But, you know, so if you want to know more about mileage, I've, I've actually got articles that talk about what miles you can track, um, how to track miles, and what to do if you didn't track miles. So there are three different articles about mileage. And that's that's what I wanted to do was do, uh, give you something a lot more in-depth about the details when you need the details, but without trying to put it all in one big article. Exactly. Because and one thing eyes glaze over if you have a 20,000 word. Yeah. And one thing I want to say to you guys, if you are, haven't already picked up on this, which you probably should have, if you already don't know Ron from before, Ron writes these articles and has been for years. His website's great, but he also is a gig worker. Yeah. So he's constantly every year he's learned more. So these are, these aren't just copy paste last year's one. He's got a new, these new ones like on DD and UE, like those are specific to this year mm -hmm. and he's still working in the gig economy, you know? So, I mean, he knows he's doing this and, and think, no, this isn't right. And then he also knows how to do it, what to do. So there's a lot, there's a good resource for drivers. Cause a lot of this stuff, like you said in the beginning is either so overview that it's worthless. I'm going to be honest. They're just. I'm going to be honest with all of you guys right now. They're doing it to get people to their website and they're trying to put it out in pieces. Like, Oh, we put out another tax piece. We, cause this time of year, if you put out tax pieces, they do very well with the search engines. However, I see a lot of companies do it and they're like saying, here's what you need to know. And it's, it's like two pair, like three paragraphs and some bullet points. I'm like, dude, I don't even read it. Cause I'm like, there's no way that that can tell you what to do. Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes I'll do that. I'll take a look and see what's uh what's ranking when you search for DoorDash taxes or Instacart taxes. And, and a lot of those top ones you'll have, you look at the websites and you get like bankrate.com. And it's mm -hmm. like, who there has delivered a single DoorDash delivery or whatever. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff out there and some of it, you just kind of have to, Use your head a little bit and say, does that make sense? And and unfortunately, it was kind of like I talked about earlier. You know, there was one guy that had a lot of subscribers that uh, did a tax thing, and he didn't even talk about self-employment tax, which is a lot more that you're going to end up paying than income tax. And right. and so um, there's there's also um, IRS has a resource page for the gig economy. Uh, yes. And and I think just search for IRS gig economy. Yeah, and, I'll, I'll put it in. I'll, I'll, Ron's website's in the show notes now, guys. But I'll put it in after. So yeah. hopefully, if you if you if you're catching this on the replay by this point, it should be in there. So check. <laughs> and in the end, though, here's I guess here's the other thing too is you can also try and figure it all out yourself. You know, mm -hmm. you could do that, and you could spend hours 
how much money would you make if you went out and delivered during all that time you're trying to figure exactly, it out? Exactly, exactly. Which is why I still try and say, if you want tax advice, get a tax professional. I'll try and educate and explain how it works. But if you want advice for your situation, you got to get somebody that understands self-employment and, and let them walk you through it in a way. But here's something else. Uh, I'm going to give a tip and trick now. So Ron, if you go read Ron's articles and you have a question now, this there's, I'm sure you could email them, things like that. But if you're on Twitter, and you go read an article from Ron and you want to know more about it, Ron will engage you on Twitter big time. Like just go find Andre Courier and ask your question about his article and he will he will give you the answer. So I know that's the one, I know he's on a lot, but he's on Twitter a lot and I see him. He'll, he, he literally helps a lot of people. He'll, he'll engage with anybody that asks a question. I mean, sometimes he's asking questions of other people, but that's a good platform if you do have questions because I think that website alone, people are scared to get into a, lots of reading about this. This is written by a gig worker on his gig worker site that he's a good writer who can put it in terms that you guys can follow pretty easy. I'm